Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Jody and it's Lynn. And we are here, as always, at our most favorite place in Minneapolis, the Trailhead at Theaterworth Park. Yes, and you'll hear some, there's, it's a lively crowd out there, so you might hear some banging around of cross-country skis and, and all the things, but um, they're having fun, so yes. no, not, nothing to be alarmed about. Joyful glees. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And our guest today is someone we are really, really excited to talk to. He is none other than Bob Timmons, the Outdoors Weekend Editor at the Star Tribune, someone who covers the outdoors and all the things that people do outdoors in Minnesota soda on a daily basis. Basically what we aspire to do with this podcast, but on a paid professional level. And so Bob, what an honor for us to get to interview you about the outdoors. Welcome to We Do This For Fun. Yeah, thanks so much. It's it's great to meet both of you. Um, I'm fans of yours and uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I love, clearly I wouldn't be in this job if I didn't love talking about the outdoors. You guys wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love the outdoors in multiple ways. So yeah, thanks for having oh, me. Man. We're, yeah. I'm, I'm a, so excited. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm just kind of geeking out, you guys. This is she is. Her smile is, <laughs> this is really exciting. This is really exciting for me. Um, so uh, first of all, I'd love to talk about. So how long have you been the outdoors weekend editor at the Star Tribune? It's been uh, going on. Oh gosh, going on six years. Um, you know, for people who follow the section. Um, there hasn't been a section since, you know, kind of midway through the pandemic, um, you know, for financial reasons, the health of colleagues, you know, limiting print production, things like that. Um, Outdoors weekend, the four page weekly section on Fridays uh, took took the hit. And so now we we're doing a couple pages in print on Fridays. So we've reduced reduced our coverage. You know, it comes at an odd time given you know, think of all the stories, think of your own experiences, how the outdoors has been a sanctuary, yes. and, you know, such a, yes. a grounding place, a place to separate during this public health crisis. And yet, you know, in some regard, we've reduced our outdoors coverage. That's not to say, you know, those out, that outdoors weekend is the only place, you know, we, we do coverage. We, I've got colleagues, environmental reporters, uh, Greg Stanley and, uh, Jennifer Borhuis, Dennis Anderson, Tony Kennedy. So, you know, it, Richard Chen. I mean, it appears in other parts of the paper, other mm-hmm. places online. But, but yeah, it's been an odd. It's been an odd time. I mean, um, we've certainly written a lot of stories too about people's sort of mass exodus, the public's exodus to parks. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Yes. It's almost like the outdoors has become part of current events, but in a in a different way than ever because of all that you're talking about. I mean, have you have you seen that? Like when you like starting to see talk of the outdoors. And kind of that exodus into like social isolation, sort of being injected into the normal day-to-day news cycle. Yeah, it's it's been um, well, it's been interesting how it's gotten pulled into, say, sort of business angles. Yeah, guess, is that yeah. kind well, of land, yeah. in terms of okay, the crazy sales of RVs, right. ATVs. Yes. You know, you can't find a kayak. Um, people over the top suddenly, you're. Um, you're in isolation and you didn't, you're not spending the money on a trip X, you know, wherever mm-hmm. I've got 
disposable. I feel like I have disposable income. I'm going to go buy that RV or I'm going to, you know, and so that's been interesting. And we've done, you know, it feels like, um, you know, continue to sort of do those stories. Like now we're writing about the ATV purchases and, and what that's done outdoors too. the, the mm-hmm. impact yeah. mm-hmm. and, and not all good ways either. Right. People, mm-hmm. um, the safety sort of thing, taking kind of getting pushed to the side, you know, um, we're just going to buy these things and go off and hit public lands and not maybe do a little homework in advance. I mean, there's all sorts of, right. you know well, what with, I mean? the, yeah. sort of, with the boundary waters, we saw such a surge yes. of people going into the boundary waters. And now, you know, we've seen a lot of destruction because people aren't, um, they haven't been, you know, educated on leave no trace. And, and now yeah. you've got permits yeah. that are going to, you know, the certain entry points are going to be limited, you mm-hmm. know, coming in late January. And we'll continue. Yeah, we just, in fact, we just had a story about that when the Forest Service announced that. So, so um, are we going to see like infrastructure sort of changing or like the, the process to be able to do outdoor activities changing a little bit here in Minnesota? Well, yeah, I mean, specific things specifically about the boundary waters, uh, the wilderness and, and getting into the boundary waters. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Forest Service comes up with in terms of maybe new protocols about really, you know, they put in put in place things last year, like you're talking about, Lynn, with this like surge of activity and how do we um, educate people in advance about leave no trace. There used Wasn't to be, there a video that you were yeah, supposed to, to be, watch? Yeah, yeah, traditional things. You'd go in yeah. uh, to your outfitter and they'd show you the video mm-hmm. and you'd sort of check the boxes and like, okay, now I'm prepared. I've got my gear. I've got, you know, the understanding of what it means to be in the wilderness and uh, be a responsible, you know, mm-hmm. caretaker, steward, and so forth. Well, you know, the pandemic suddenly, you know, Forest Service is trying to put these things up online and, uh, you know, navigating in a whole different way. And like you're saying, Lynn, you had people, you know, we did stories about impact. And granted, um, you know, for all those cases of people cutting green trees and putting diapers in fire grates, Ugh. there's many more who are going up there and doing the right thing. So, yeah. you know, again, um, sadly, you know, some of these headlines and then first reactions, first responses is it's being destroyed. And, yeah. I, you know, that's I, that's not fair and that's not accurate. But, I like but that. I, legit, that's good to hear. But there's legit issues. There right. are legit issue, issues about what's it going to take, you know, for people to get more people sort of enlightened mm-hmm. and um, and realize that you have a responsibility when you go out and do anything, right. when you ski at Teddy Worth and, you know, just a, you know, a decency for the other people who are out there, a respect for, for nature, um, the outdoors, the resources. So yeah, there's a lot, there's yep, a lot yeah. there, but it's, it's doable. People, yep. people have the capacity. What about just the idea of like, as people flocking to the outdoors and becoming more of a sanctuary <clears throat> and, do you think, do you see this as being kind of how things move forward in the future? Like it's like, we'll have longevity and it really will like stick with people. I know I had read your piece about camping where you were at Jay Cook and you talked to a variety of people yeah. and how like 60, was it six, like a bunch of people, I mean, uh, there was a very large percentage of people and it's from some stats that are like first time campers, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. that the pandemic really kind of pushed people out there. Do you see that becoming, um, people's new reality yeah i do, do i you? mean think, think that's about, exciting that's well, exciting yeah and, and hopefully people come along <laughs> oh gosh i don't know people come along and realize there's like a responsibility with with that mm-hmm. you know and some levels um you know there's things going on where you wonder 
um, are, are people willing to like dig in to really understand the balance of of what it means um, to to get into the outdoors? Um, everything's not just a free for all yeah. and no rules kind of thing. You, yeah. you, know, you can still, but you can still separate and still. But um, okay, so I'm <laughs> sorry, Jody. I'm no, 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 keep. But. Um, no, I do think, I mean, think of the stories we've had about like the great resignation. Yes. You know, people are like, we've, we've talked to colleagues, we've talked a little bit about like, well, since nobody's working anymore, you know, and, but I do think, um, you know, we, yeah, we've just done some interesting story about the way people live their lives. You know, yeah. they're, they're living in their ice houses, quarantining in their ice houses, <laughs> using their ice houses mm-hmm. as remote office spaces. Yeah. Um, we did a big package on the Gunflint Trail and the cha- what Wi-Fi has sort of done to this huh. remote part yeah. of, of the Arrowhead. And, um, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working up in Gunflint, but I'm doing tech work for, for my company in California, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, I do, think, I do think that's a microcosm of the mm-hmm. way, you know, the outdoors landscape and the way we get into it and maybe like, oh my gosh, I can spend more time in the outdoors than yes. I really, really knew through work. That's through, an, yeah. That's such an interesting, I hadn't thought about that, about now people have more freedom to go other places and, and maybe um, we've, I think through this pandemic have, have had kind of an awakening about what's really important and what feeds your soul. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have discovered the outdoors as a much more integral and important part of life. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting to, it's like almost like we've been enlightened a little bit about this thing that we've, that hasn't been a priority before. Yeah. And then, and then if you do value it and you, you know, deep down, um, what do you do with that then? Like, mm-hmm. how are you really, um, are you really being a good steward? And then mm-hmm. how do you share that? You know, you guys certainly through your podcasts and you're lo- living your lives the way you do, you're trying to share that too. But yeah, on a more significant level, mm-hmm. you know, where people also can see that um, just what a great thing we have. And, right. 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 In, the, in our natural, with our natural resources and so forth. That's going to be the trick. Like, can it stick? Yeah. In so many levels as we see climate change and we see, yes. um, Again, this you know what so what social media, um, the sort of fragmentation of things, how it's hard to get things to stick sometimes, and mm-hmm. I don't know building young stewards. I mean, the Lopet's gone a long way to to mm-hmm. building those young stewards. Who knows who knows where um, some of these young people through skiing, through outdoor winter activity, cycling too, not just winter activity. Mm-hmm. What that could be a conduit for generations people in their lives yeah. friends on and on and on so you know those are little wins that and I you think don't you're, know you don't know but you're totally you're right too as yeah as, as as much as we can get I mean kids are how we make change you know yeah. so if the more children we get on these trails I mean yep. I know it gets kind of ruckus around here yeah. <laughs> you know there are a lot of kids on the trails but I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think we just have to, you know, like encourage it as much as possible because they're the ones that are going to continue, you know, like, yep. and, and, and to teach them young about stewardship, Yeah. to teach them about climate change yeah. and how their daily actions matter. Yeah. And they're going home and maybe they're bringing their parents back, but their parents, yes. if, if their parents have any curiosity and the means, you know, they want to, wow, what is, what is lit the fire of my child, you yes. know, outdoors. And that's how, then you're onto something yeah. and then you have to be happy with even small successes like that. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking before the podcast of just, 
you know, it's tough. It's tough <laughs> in today's, you know, to, to it always see comes last, back to digital want, yeah. the, the digital uh-huh. life. Yeah, we right. talk yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you, you hope, and I, I guess I would connect this to some of the stories I do in that I definitely have written things where I've thought, well, if this changes two people, yeah, you know, they yes. see things in a different way or it educates them and like, oh, you know, maybe I should go use this resource to learn a little more than I've done my job, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, readership, I don't know, readership can be a very fickle thing. Listenership can be a very fickle yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. But you hope, you hope you're con- making a connection, yeah. even just a few. So what I would love to know, you talk about, yeah, kids kind of lighting that fire. What for you lit the fire for the outdoors? I mean, you, you know, I've dedicated your career to this subject. What is it about the outdoors? How did you get, what sparked your love for it? Um, I, you know, in reflecting on that, I camped almost every weekend of my young life growing up on the East coast. My, we had a little 14 foot camper, you know, my mom and dad purchased and we, my parents had friends who had campers, and we camped up and down uh, all through New Hampshire and Maine. Um, oh, beautiful. You know, up uh, oh, Old Orchard Beach, up along the Maine coast, oh, kind of headed. beautiful. It's not Sag Harbor. I'm, I'm, Bar Harbor? Bar Harbor, thank I've you. Had, I've had a lobster in Bar Harbor before. <laughs> in I the think, car. I took the car to Bar yeah, Harbor. I think all that out. And all my, my brothers, my, all my brothers live in, they're still, a lot of my family's still on the East Coast in New England. But um, Where'd your accent go? I know. I grew up north and south of Boston, too. I lived in Weird. Plymouth for years and then lived in Haverhill. So. Maybe you've your, just been here too long. Yeah, it's not, so. his non-regional diction, as yeah. they say in uh, broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think, um, you know, that, that's, that was the seed, you know, yeah. that germinated. Being, being outdoors all the time, on the beach a lot. Um, and then um, when I was in high school, early in my high school days, my parents moved to northern Wisconsin. Huh. And so, my gosh, you're in the north woods and lakes and woodland. And uh, yeah, I think it just sort of rolled from there. But um, yeah, it's been a real, real blessing. I mean, this work, certainly getting to talk to you. I mean, just we, we, have, we all have this inherent curiosity and then mm-hmm. we're fed, fed with the outdoors, to, you know, by being outdoors and our beautiful resources and things. So um yeah, it's just sort of built over the years. I feel, yeah, really fortunate. There's always, I always feel like there's more I wish I could do. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, could I retire early and start, you know? <laughs> but again, I, I'm so fortunate. You know, I, I do really feel it's a privilege to be able to, you know, write about the outdoors and really more just tell people's stories. You know, I get really inspired and fired up just like I'm sure you yes, do. yeah. On mic and off mic of talking with people and, you know, it just... At the end of the day, these are just people's stories, and that's kind of the beauty in the work, what I really enjoy about the work. It fires me up for... So the work fires you up. Do you have a particular activity or something that you do outdoors, or are you just working outdoors all the time? <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of a... Um, really enjoy uh, a lot of hiking. Um for years, I was a marathoner. I'm oh, still wow. running. I'm still hanging on to my running. <laughs> but many of my as marathoners do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still, yeah, I'm still kind of, you know, lurching along. But um, 
but uh, and so yeah, and a lot of that running was with a group of a group of friends who we've now kind of moved into more of like a cycling running group. Like oh. many of my friends are, and so that better on the knees. Yeah, it better is. on the knees. Um, and that's so you know going from a lot of road riding into fat. You know, we're doing a lot of fat biking okay, too. Yeah, I really I really do enjoy time on trails, any trails, but uh, especially the Superior Hiking Trail. Uh-huh. Um, I've volunteered. Uh, kind of a trail adopter so i have a section of the trail that i go up with a few of my kids or friends a couple times a year oh, wow in the in the you know spring season in advance of the hiking season then go back in october and we just sort of clean up the trail you know lop low-hanging uh you know you're lopping dog dogwood and you know or yeah. low-hanging branches and just sort of um looking for infrastructure that maybe needs a little work and so that's been really redeeming and i that all started with a story about you know fellow minnesotans Mm. midwesterners going up and who care about the trail who are curious about helping on the trail did a story about that and realized oh my gosh this is what a great you know i went out and kind of followed along and lopped too and and wrote their stories and then it was like i got i got to do this i got to get involved so it has been really rewarding what section of the trail uh it's uh, Palisade Creek up to Highway One, so fin- oh, headed toward Finland. God, um, it's beautiful there, and uh, yeah, so within Tetagooch. Okay. And, oh. um, yeah, so I get Mount Trudy and I get all oh, the high yes, spots and so forth. And yeah, it's been great. I mean, I've had, and you know, um, I've gone up there alone. I've, you know, my I have a son Nathan, my oldest son Nathan, who's section hiking the trail now. Huh. And um, I'd like to think that some of the, you know he came up and the two of us would do some of this work and i i think that maybe a little of that sparked his yes. his love of the trail too and uh just the the beauty and the challenge uh uh the separation you know just being out there and then giving back a little bit too so it's been yeah on multiple levels it's been a it's been that's a long way of saying yeah i yeah, enjoy yeah. i enjoy trails <laughs> well no and clearly like just exposure to something can yeah. all of a sudden take you in a direction that you never thought, you know, yeah. I'm sure you didn't aspire even 10 years ago to be a trail steward. Yeah. I mean, that maybe Absolutely. was not on your radar, no, but yeah, no. the and more that you can need. bring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'd love to know, so you've done all these stories talking to all these cool people. And so this podcast is, we do this for fun, which can be used in a couple of different ways. Sometimes maybe with a question mark behind it or an exclam- multiple yeah. exclamation points. Right. Do this for fun. <laughs> so we'd love yeah. to know of all the stories that you've covered, if there is one or a few that stick out to you as being like, I can't believe people actually do this for fun outside. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, okay. I he just know. sparked. Yeah. Like well, I, no, I, I was, I've been thinking... I've certainly written stories about, um, you know, and again, in the context of trails, you've heard of FKTs, Fastest Known Times. No. This, this speaks to um, <laughs> this how people terrible. always have to, there's something in us of, to find another way. Like I've done everything I've, oh. uh, you know, I've through hiked the AT, I've done the triple crown of hiking. I've been the fastest half, whatever. Well, FKT, fastest known time, is now a thing and has been a thing in the outdoors where you, I could pick a five-mile trail and um, document all my my time on it and and put it into uh, up online as the fastest known time. Now, it would be vetted. There are people who are, <laughs> you know, making a 
maybe a slight living out of mm-hmm. being the keepers of fastest oh, known wow. times. But we've done in the in thinking about the Superior Hiking Trail, people have tried to knock off the fastest known time covering 300 miles of the Superior oh Hiking gosh. Trail, and then you have degrees of that within the fastest known time. Did you do it supported, meaning yeah. people were helping you at certain trailheads along the way, or were you doing it unsupported? Um, you know, going light, right? Eating five pounds of food, and, yeah. you know, and um, and sort of figuring it out. So there's the fastest known time sort of kind of phenomena. It really is like a legit thing. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting, and it's the way people, you know, have to. There's something in us, you know. It's it's like <laughs> that next thing. Like you got, you know, I whatever must achieve. it is. Like the next, right. What is the next level? Yeah. Here, we, I, I would love for the next level to be like I didn't do anything. Like, I went, I went <laughs> camping, and I I had the fastest known time of like. Of not like <laughs> sleeping for twelve hours or catching, yeah, yeah catching up right. on sleep. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. You can bring it down to just mm-hmm. on a personal level. Len, yeah, you know. that's that's that's, that's what I aspire to do yeah. is just not doing anything. Fasting or something. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, I went fifteen hours instead of sixteen without you. Wow. Yeah, but the FKT thing is an interesting, and I found myself. Sorry, Len, yeah, not to go too much on. Yeah, I no, found no. myself writing about. The Superior Hiking Trail kind of got swept up with that in the last few years. And there were people, I'm going in to try and beat your record. You know, oh I would gosh. get emails like, hey, I just saw your story on so-and-so who F- attempted an FKT. And I'm going up Wednesday. And because there's cer- certainly certain seasons where you're going to do this. So suddenly I'm keeping track of so-and-so and watching their GPS. Oh and like, oh, wait, something must have happened here. And huh. But I, I went through a period where I was writing, felt like I was writing FK, <laughs> FKT stories like every couple of weeks. Like so-and-so, you know, was doing it on support. So-and-so just broke the supported record. And it just, yeah, so. It's, it's like, I mean, like fantasy football kind of, you know, like living vicariously through other people's. I mean, but it's, I mean it, yeah. it, it's interesting to see. It's s- a marvel, though, to see these yeah. people who are yeah, into it. Yeah, and are they too then like tweaking? So they're tweaking everything to try to get this time. So they're like dealing like the nutrition piece, the gear, the what they carry. Like I'm breaking my, you know, my. You hear this about the ultralight hikers, like the minimalist. Like I'm, I'm breaking my tooth brush in half yeah. Oh my, yeah. to what? save to yes. save oh yeah to save yeah, weight yeah. crazy yep oh yeah yeah there's stuff there that's the thing you're talking about these oh. extremes i mean that we've had we did a really if i can go we did a yes. really fun story about a woman named alex magner from saint paul this was a few years ago and she there was a phenomena a thing that was sort of web created called everesting have you heard of this everesting no. yeah it's it's in whatever you do, um, achieving that 8,000 meters, 29,000 uh, 29, feet, the height of Everest. Okay. The okay. summit of Everest. But achieving that, whether you do it through walking, like a continuous you're oh. walking or cycling. And Alex rode a hill in St. Paul. I think it's like the Ohio Street Hill, Iowa Avenue. Did it hundreds of times <laughs> up and down over 23 hours wow. to Everest That's to do awesome. her own personal Everest and she you know like losing toenails and her oh kids you know God. she'd occasionally stop and her kids are like mom it's okay <laughs> yeah, you know, this, yeah. just, this doesn't sound yeah. like fun mom come on yeah, you know this for fun again a web created like wow you know what I've I've done cross country riding. I've done that. Well, Everesting, haven't done that. I'm gonna, you know, there's the human spirit, yeah. of, you know. And so, Alex, yeah, it was a, it was a fun, crazy 
outdoors story, but you know, compelling. Yeah. Oh, big time. But yeah. still, you know, uh, there were a lot. There was a lot going on there. Riding through the night, the same hill. You know, people like who is you know <laughs> yeah. the curiosity of like who is that? You know, yeah. what, what are they? So anyway, yeah, we we get these. I bet coming through. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I just yeah, I always I just think it's so fascinating. To just to, the things that people come up with, yeah. the ideas, especially when you're outside, there's just, there's this freedom, I think, when you're outside and this creativity that comes with being outside and just thinking outside the yeah. box and it, I, it's really inspiring. Yeah. 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 The way some people might go off and, you know, I'm going to build a canoe or I'm going to build a little, sh-, you know, yeah, you're right. It's like this open book yes. you know, for potential and. Yeah. And it's really cool too, to just like that there is constant evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I remember, I remember what my vision of the outdoors was, was a kid was like seeing those fishing shows or those hunting, sh- like on Sundays or Saturdays yeah. or something like, I mean, my vision of the outdoors was very much through this lens of television. I didn't, I didn't grow up camping or anything like that. I found that much later in life, but that you know, the outdoors and the accessibility, you just sort of kind of find it where you need to and then mm-hmm. make it what you want, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it isn't just like these old schools and that this old school ways. And that was a question I had for you too, is just like the evolution that you've seen, because, you know, like even fat bikes didn't exist 20 years ago, you know, right. that kind of thing. And if there are other things that you're seeing that are coming, yeah. you know, into sort of the outdoor space, um, that maybe we don't know about yet or, mm-hmm. Gosh, um, well, you know, we've we've written a lot of a lot of stories about um, ATVing um, off-road highway, and as a recreational, you know, pursuit, um, but also like an impact um, on the resource, and um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how some, you know there there are plans. Some of the things that sort of fly below the radar of you know work or just interest level, maybe you know um, land planning through the DNR and other agencies collaborating on figuring out um, these labyrinth of trails, huh. especially mm-hmm. up north. Yeah. But then too, environmental impact and all the um, iterations of going through that. Um, but you yeah you've got a building you have a sort of building not conflict but you know these things are wildly popular yeah um, and they're, they're and they can also be um, you know the way everything has an impact on the resource you know I can go hiking on you know the Superior hiking trail and there's you know, I'm on the land too, and I'm, I'm creating, you know, there's some tension there, some friction there. So, you know, not to just be like putting this all on uh, off-road highway types, but yeah, there's real issues about love the resource. Well, then, um, what's the impact of that, right? right? What's the other side of, so, but yeah, I do think that's going to be a topic that's going to be more, uh, top of mind and like in, you know, in front of people on, you know, the startribune.com as we dig into some of these environmental you know, pieces. So does that? Yes. Yes. I know the environmental piece, I think is top of mind for everyone. Just given all this crazy weather we're having, I mean, you know, like, yeah, that's something we all need to be thinking about what, regardless of what it is that we do, like, and that, yeah, I mean, even purchasing, you know, multiple bikes and multiple pairs of skis. And I mean, that's all stuff that eventually is going to go somewhere. You know I mean? We need to think about our impact period. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 
And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, intimately about, you know, we're here at Teddy Worth, of course, you know, just did this book about um, Nordic skiing, celebrating Nordic skiing. And the author, Ryan Rogers, talked about, um, in some ways, he felt like the book, as much as it was a celebration, was like an elegy, like, like not the the demise of skiing, but in the context of climate, hmm, yeah, you know, yes, you know, we, and we just, we just had a story last week. The DNR had a, um, a public gathering online about how we've lost two weeks of winter yeah. in the past 50 yes. years, 40, 50 years. And, the, and, but anyway, my point being is that these death by a thousand cuts, right? We don't notice it in the here and now, like, Oh yeah. my gosh, we got snow and the trails are great. And, but you know, over time, the long yeah. view, you know, and Ryan Rogers, the author brought up, he goes, you know, we're seeing it, we're seeing a change. You yeah. know, we're not seeing the true pure skiing anymore. It's like, you know, s- snow has to be made in places and more on mm-hmm. elsewhere if we're going to do some of these things that we inherently, you know, do as that's fascinating. You know, so yeah. When you yeah. think about that, yeah. yeah it's an a, interesting topic. I'm a coach here at the, for the Lopet Foundation <laughs> for Cross Country Skiing right now. And we had a we had class last night or we had our a session last night and it was so busy because the snow all melted. All the trails like are there's no snow on a man-made woman-made person-made trail. Yeah. Um so it's you have to only be in one section here. It was bonkers. There was Every high school team seemed like they were here. All the little kids that we were with just trying to like give them some fundamental skills on how to even just stand up and move a little bit. Like yeah. can't even, it's, it was like a race course around here. And then we had to go over to like just a full on section of new, fresh man-made snow. And that snow doesn't work. You right. know I mean? Yeah. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's just, it, it's a conundrum. <laughs> it's when yeah. it's, it'd be interesting too, when you you know, to, if you could compare like outdoor sections from today versus fifty years ago, yeah. and like, like the yeah. glaciers, and yeah, and you look at like the chronology over the course of the year, and how you you're probably taught reporting about skiing in October fifty years ago, yeah. and now it's so the, yeah. I, the, I guess I not, I had not thought about it that way, but the climate impact on outdoor recreation, and and even it's like in the, in the summertime, it's too hot to go camping sometimes in the boundary waters who wants to sleep in a tent in a hundred degree heat with you know wildfires around it yeah. it's just had such an yeah, impact water and water temperature and what that does to ecology you oh, know, you're, yes. you know that's the thing it's sort of oh my gosh whack-a-mole right it's yeah. just when you think about it on a, a you know as we do on a, yep. on a little deeper level um yeah it's it's sort of striking. Um, and again, it might, might be not something that we necessarily really feel intimately in our lifetimes, but if we're yep. being good stewards yep. and really thinking forward, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a big, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a massive sort of thing. It's we're like, gonna oh, need I don't want to leave here yeah, with a complete yeah, downer. I like, know. hey, people, enjoy your We life. should have a, a, a climate talk. I was going to say, well, we need to have you back like yes. every season yes. and just continue these conversations. Sure, I'd yeah. love it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I think we're going to, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Bob's top tip. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) We do this for fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com.
Welcome back. We are here for Bob Timmons's top tip. I'm so excited. So Bob, excited. No pressure. No so pressure. no pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure. Um, okay. So you've covered so many stories of people doing all sorts of things outdoors. So we'd love to know, is there one key takeaway or, or top tip that has emerged for, for you as you've over your years outdoors and covering yeah. the outdoors? Yeah, I'm, um, this super, you know, this is simple and it may be a bit, a bit vague, but I think it's something anything can, anyone can wrap their head around and maybe has experienced this, but, um, the beauty in, uh, the sort of micro adventure, yeah. now, my, you know, the, I guess that term got coined and maybe it was in a book a few years ago and that inspired me to write a story about, um, this culture of sort of, uh, Maybe not a maybe it might be a bit of a bro culture in the outdoors, like yeah. adventure stuff. Um, well, you did this, and I'm going to climb this, or you know, mm-hmm. some of the things we're talking about. And um, but I wanted to puncture that yes. because I felt like that's just a barrier for people. Um, you know, and again, in the context of the micro adventure, it's as simple as you know, going to the park down the street. You know, we don't always have to go drive across the metro or drive yeah. north to find. Um, this beauty and this grounding in the outdoors, it could be that park down the street that you, <laughs> that you've driven by yeah. 50 times, mm-hmm. you know, or regularly in your daily life and don't really give much attention to. I and I'm that. fortunate to live near Tamarack nature center. And, you know, I've seen our lives, the arc of our sort of family life with the arc of, of Tamarack. We're mm-hmm. in there all the time. And I've often, you know, and there's times, though, where I'm seeking, to, I got to go to this place or I want to try that place. And it's like, well, Tamarack's right there, yeah. you know, and I would encourage people just to think about even again, their own backyard. We're going to have a full moon Sunday. Yeah. Sure. You could sign up for a program at Three Rivers Park if you could still get into one the way everything's sort of waitlisted. Everybody's yeah. outdoors. Um, but you can find that sort of sanctuary, as you both know, in this sort of um, peace and separation from, uh, you know, information overload in every which way, just by going, you know, backyard. I think about, you know, getting kids into camping. What's wrong with camping in the backyard yes. with your kids a few nights, totally. right? Totally, yes. See how it goes. Pack it up and come in if, <laughs> if it's, you know, if it's not. If it's but, terrible. But those, yep. all these sorts of things, the same way you going into a new park, who knows how that could launch you into something um, as a, as a ser- public servant of picking up litter or be- yeah. you might meet someone, there's everything, everything is an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. is the oh, way I, I feel. That. And just don't, don't overthink it. Like you can have, you can take your kids, you can do things alone outdoors in, in a simple way. And that still matters. Like yeah. that's still profound. And you never know, you know, how that could change you or make you feel differently about that next moment. Cause things are changing at every moment. Right. And yeah. And just grab hold of that. So I love that. You're I just grabbed hold language. of my heart. <laughs> that speak, was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> speaking our language. The optimism. I oh, love it. Thank you so much, yeah. Bob. Thank you. It's too. been you. so fun to talk to you. Yeah. It's great to I know, you know, you meet over email or however, but no, it's great to be with you guys both. And kudos to you on the great podcast. I hope you you get more listeners. Thank you. That means the world to us. It does. It does. Really. All right. Jody's going to. All right. Looking for inspiration to get out there. Um, One of the most powerful motivators for us humans to believe we can actually achieve something is seeing someone like ourselves doing that thing. That's why we do this podcast 
to show you that there are people just like you out having incredible adventures, making beautiful art, finding kinship with natural environments. Bob brings you stories of people that you might just identify with and could be the missing piece to unlocking your next immersive experience in nature. That's a nudge, everyone, (laughs) to read the outdoors section of the Star Tribune. Yes. Check it out. (laughs) So do some reading and don't forget to have fun out there. Thanks, Bob. Good words. Thank you. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at we do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.